This anointed teaching by Apostle Theo Volmerans comes to you from Christian Family Church International. Hi, family. This is my first message since November 3 when I had the heart attack. I'm so grateful to God to be here to be able to share with you and fellowship with you again. Now, if you saw the little video I put out about 10 days after the heart attack, it was around about the 13th of November, where I briefly, in a nutshell, explained what happened to me. Now, on uh, January the 16th and the 17th, I'm going to be sharing a message titled, my journey through the valley of the shadow of death. I will be speaking about my spiritual experience in that time and also my physical experience. I will explain how God arranged doctors and circumstances to save my life. Uh, this will be very educational, very informative, and very encouraging for all of you. So don't miss January 16 and January 17, my journey through the shadow of the valley of death. And then on January 2 and 3, that's the first weekend of the new year. My message is told, don't let 2020 stop you from being positive about 2021. In other words, don't let the disappointments of this year stop you from being positive about the next year because God is on your side. You're going to love that message to kick off 2021. All right. My message today is what is my response to baby Jesus? Say that with me. Our message is titled, What is my response to baby Jesus. All right, let's begin with Psalm 19 and verse 1. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. The heavens tell of the glory of God. The skies display His marvelous craftsmanship. Day after day, they continue to speak Night after night, they make him known. Night after night, they make Jesus known. They speak without a sound or a word. Their voice is silent in the skies. Yet their message has gone out to all the earth and their words to all the world. Now, there are two different outlooks or two different ways of looking at this portion of Scripture. The first is, creation proves there must be a creator. So reading that, one would say, creation proves there must be a creator. And then the other way to look at this is, God has written the gospel message in the stars. God has written the gospel or you might say the Bible in the stars. 
Or you could believe both points of view are correct. And I do. I believe both points of view are correct. God has written the story of Jesus and his life in the stars. And we're going to prove that this morning. Matthew 2, verse 1. Please go there. Matthew 2, verse 1. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. Now, that verse is packed full of revelation knowledge. There's so much in there, we're going to spend a, a little while talking about that. Not just yet. Let me read the whole passage. Verse 3. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So from what the Magi said, the wise men said, Herod understood they were talking about the Messiah, the Christ, the Savior of the world. So they said to him in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophets. So Herod called the wise, he called the Pharisees, the scribes, and the priests together and said, Tell me, where is the Christ going to be born? So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus is written by the prophet. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And Herod sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then being divinely warned in a dream, that they should not return to Herod. They departed for their own country another way. The Bible doesn't say there were only three wise men. The Bible says there were three gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They were the professors and philosophers of their day. They were highly intelligent, and educated scholars 
who were trained in medicine, history, religion, and astronomy. There is a difference between astronomy and astrology. Astronomy is the science of study of the stars. And astrology is the belief that there is a connection between the stars and our lives on Earth. Today we call that a horoscope. So these men studied astronomy. These wise men were advisors to the king in their day. The king never made any major decisions without consulting them, known as the Magi. They lived in the days of the Persian Empire. We can read about them in the book of Daniel. King Darius placed Daniel over all the Magi in his kingdom. We know from reading the book of Daniel that Daniel had a tremendous influence over the three kings of Persia. And he also had a tremendous influence over the Magi of who he was in charge. The kings put him in charge of the Magi or over all of his team or staff. It is very possible that a certain group of Magi continued to serve the God of the Hebrews and worship him throughout the ages after Daniel passed on. Because Daniel had such a strong influence over the three kings that he served and over the Magi that he was in charge of, he taught them about the God of the Hebrews and to worship the God of the Hebrews. And they must have continued doing so through the ages. And Daniel must have studied the stars, understood the stars and the message of the stars as God revealed them and the message to Daniel. And he must have taught this to the Magi and they in turn taught each generation all the way down now to the time where Jesus is now born in Bethlehem. Let's go back now to Matthew chapter 2 and verse 1. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who is born king of the Jews? So here you can see they knew, number one, there was a baby born. Number two, they knew he was a king. Number three, they knew he was a king of the Jews. And then it goes on to say, for we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. So they also knew that he was deity because they said, we've come to worship him. So they knew that he was the Messiah. And number five, they knew exactly when he was born. They came at the right time. All this is revealed to us right here in verse two, that these Magi understood, which was taught to them and their great, great fathers by Daniel. They could understand all this from the stars. 
In other words, God preached the gospel through his creation in the heavens. The Bible is written in the stars. That's what we are seeing here in that verse. When God said, light be, in an instant, the universe came into existence. God wrote the Bible in the stars right there when he said, light be, and the stars appeared in the sky. God wrote the gospel of salvation, the life of Jesus in the stars at that instant in time. God foretold important activities that would take place on the earth, and he wrote them all in the stars. They traveled between 700 to 1,000 miles from Persia, Babylon, through extremely dangerous territory to Jerusalem. And yet some Christians don't want to get out of bed in the morning to come to church. They traveled between 700 and 1,000 miles, not in a jet, not in a modern-day car on a freeway, but on camels and donkeys. Many days it took. When they arrived in Jerusalem, they expected everyone to know about this amazing event. They were surprised to find out that no one knew. In Matthew chapter 2, verse 3, when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem were troubled with him. Through the years, King Herod had murdered a number of people. He murdered his brother-in-law. He murdered his mother-in-law. He murdered his previous wife and murdered two of his own sons because he thought they were planning to overthrow him. Herod was disturbed at the thought of even a baby who might one day become the new king. Herod was king for 40 years at that point in time, and now he was getting old. And even so, the thought of a brand new king being born was not acceptable to him. Matthew 2 verse 4 says, And when he had, heard, when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. Now King Herod asked the chief priests of the, and the scribes where the Messiah would be born. They replied, In Bethlehem. Bethlehem was about six miles south from Jerusalem, a two hours walking distance. Now King Herod told the wise men to come back and tell him where the baby was so that he could go and worship this baby child or this Messiah, the king. A big lie, of course. God told the wise men not to go back to Herod because God obviously knew that Herod planned to kill the Messiah. 
the baby, you couldn't stand to have another king take his place. Then Herod sent his soldiers and murdered all the children of Bethlehem after the Magi had left and gone back home. And he discovered they did not go back to him to tell him where Jesus was. So he killed all the children to make sure that he got Jesus. But Jesus had already escaped, right, to Egypt. Now, think about this. Herod tried to kill or murder the one who is bringing salvation to the human race. Herod tried to murder his own savior, his own salvation, the one that was going to pay for him to be able to go to heaven one day. He tried to kill him. So in other words, Herod wanted just a few more days as king on earth and didn't care about his eternity in hell. The wise men, the Magi, had very little information about this king, the Messiah. And yet they traveled many dangerous miles to come and worship him and bring him expensive gifts, very expensive gifts. The Pharisees, the scribes and the priests, however, they knew much about the Bible. They had many books the Bible memorized. They even knew exactly where the Messiah was to be born. And yet they did not go with the wise men to worship the Messiah. He was only six miles down the road. These are like Christians today who know a lot about the Bible, but they are not excited about it, not excited about it. They never act on the Word of God. They're not doers of the Word of God. They simply allow the wise men to go off and worship the king while they stayed back. One would expect these religious Jewish leaders to be singing and dancing with joy at the news that the Messiah was now born. Instead, they were cold-hearted about the things of God. The wise men, the priests, and King Herod all had the same information. The wise men, the priests, and King Herod all had the same information. The Messiah, Emmanuel, God with us, the King of the Jews, the Savior is born. There were three different reactions to this news. Number one, Herod hated the Messiah and tried to kill him. And number two, the Pharisees, the priests, the scribes, ignored him even though they knew what the Bible said. Number three, the wise men who had very little knowledge traveled many dangerous miles to bring him gifts and they came to worship him and serve him. At the end of our life journey, only one thing will matter, friends, 
And that is, how do you respond to Jesus during your life on earth? How did you respond? How did I respond? What is my response to baby Jesus? Will you be like the hostile King Herod who tried to kill him and get rid of him? I don't believe you will. But in case somebody is hearing this, my question is, would you be like King Herod to try to kill him? We still have many of King Herod's descendants with us today. They oppose the truth of the word of God. Continually. They tried desperately to stop the name of Jesus being mentioned in public. They tried to erase Christmas from public life. The high school and university leaders try and banish Christmas in the classrooms. And lawyers sue people for displaying the manger scene in city halls and try and make us take down Christmas trees. That's the spirit of Herod with us today. Or are you like the second group, like the Pharisees and the priests who know a lot about the Bible and the things of God but are cold in heart, they don't really serve God at all, and they don't worship him, they just know about him, but they don't really know him. They might go to church somewhere just to ease their conscience and look at their watch the whole time they are in church, or are you like the wise men, the third group? Do you bring your gifts to him? Do you worship him with your whole heart? Are you grateful for your salvation and your eternity waiting for you in heaven? Do you love him as he loves you? And are you serving in his kingdom with joy? As I said, when we stand before him one day at the end of life's journey, all that will matter is how we responded to the baby born in the manger. Nothing else will matter on that day. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you don't know this Lord and Savior, there's no better time to get to know him than Christmas. If you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior today, say this little prayer with me. Dear Jesus, please forgive me for my sins. Come into my heart and save my life. I declare you are my Lord today. I will serve you with all my heart until I see you face to face. Congratulations if you said that and made Jesus the Lord of your life. We'll see you in heaven. Keep serving him with all your heart and remember, Jesus is Lord. And we love you. Pastor Bev and I love you with all our hearts and we're trusting God to see you at the end of February, beginning of March, God willing, and uh, 
the airlines cooperating. God bless you all. Amen. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. Thank you.